Stillman, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights, and the website is ChristianMoney.com. For those watching on the video stream on one of our video platforms, I'm going to hold up the book here. This is the book we're going to be talking about in our guest segment. Authors Joe and Cindy Farini are here tonight. We're going to be talking about marriage. And why is it that Christians are divorcing at the same rate as non-Christians? It's interesting to ask the question, and there's a lot of different theories as to why. In particular, long-term marriages that are ending in divorce, people that have been married 20 years, 30 years, even longer than that, are getting divorces. What's the deal with that? All of that tonight in our guest segment, starting in 28 minutes. A lot happening in the news, uh, and I'm going to get into Biden and Ukraine and Putin, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but just to uh, mention it, kind of interesting, uh, we're, we're in a freeze warning here uh, in Palm Coast tonight. Palm Coast, Florida, Northeast Florida. So a lot of times people don't know where I am. So just to picture it, I'm about halfway between Jacksonville and Daytona Beach. Or another way to put it is if I get in my car and drive straight north in just under two hours, I would hit the Georgia line. So I'm in the northeast section of Florida and we're going to be hitting freezing tonight. So that's that's interesting uh, because people around here aren't used to that. So you get up and your windshield is covered with ice. Uh, you might have to uh, bring the cat in, <laughs> bring the plants in, all those kind of things. That's tonight. And uh, today is my birthday. I'm 57 years old. And I, I always love the one thing I love most about Facebook is when it's your birthday. And because I have so many thousands of people that are connected to me on Facebook, it's just it's incredible. It's just like beep, 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 beep. All It started like at midnight last night. People texting me or messaging me over over Facebook, posting on my Facebook page. And I just love it. The only thing I feel bad about is I, there's just too many to respond to everybody individually, which is what I would feel almost obligated to do. But you just can't do it. It's like in the hundreds and hundreds. I don't know, maybe a thousand people. And I just appreciate it so much. If you're somebody who took the time to wish me a happy birthday, know that I really and truly appreciate that. And I appreciate your friendship. And I I wish that I had some way technologically to respond to everybody individually, but I simply don't. I did post sort of a thank you to all message earlier today. And I want to say that again here tonight, just to thank everybody. Uh, My sister and I had a great day today for my birthday. So she basically said, whatever you want to do on your birthday. So I came up with this plan that we would have lunch at the Olive Garden 
<laughs> which is what we do. I know Anderson Cooper, like the uh, us white trash people that eat, that stay at Holiday Inns and eat at the Olive Garden. That was one of his, you know, kind of condescending comments uh, about uh, Trump supporters and and those of us that sort of are normal people that just, you know, live normal lives and we're not, uh, you know, born into royalty. We're not a child of the Vanderbilts. We don't have that kind of money. And we love places like the Olive Garden. And I'll tell you what, I, I love the Olive Garden and it's not a money issue. I just I just love it. It's it's a nice place. Lots of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin music playing and lots of good food. I, I just love it. And I don't think I'm in any way uh, slumming it to go to the Olive Garden. So that's what we did today. We went to Olive Garden for lunch. And speaking of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and all of that and Sammy Davis Jr., I found this uh, show that we would go that we were going to go to that we did go to today at two thirty. Uh, so we went to this Rat Pack reunion show at two thirty. So we had lunch at twelve thirty, and we finished up our beautiful lunch at the Olive Garden in Daytona Beach, right across from the Daytona International Speedway. Then we drove about 10 minutes down the road to the Ormond Beach Performing Arts Center, and we went to this Rat Pack reunion. And I have to tell you, I was really looking forward to it, and I had a great time, mostly because I was with my sister and it was just a fun day. But I didn't get into the show very much. Uh, in fact, I told my sister they had an intermission about an hour into it, and I said, eh, let's just go. And she said, really, you don't want to stay for the rest of it? I said, no. And I'll tell you what happened uh, for me. What happened for me was of the three impersonators, there was a Dean Martin guy, a Frank Sinatra guy, and a Sammy Davis Jr. So the Dean Martin guy was really good. But the problem with these impersonators is in order to really capture the personality of like a Dean Martin, you've got to almost create a caricature of Dean Martin and you've got to talk a lot about drinking booze and you've got to do all of his, uh, you know, vocal or ornamentations, all the little things he does when he sings, you've got to exaggerate all that, exaggerate all the hand motions and, and all of that. That's what people do that do impressions. And in order to do a good impression, you've got to exaggerate. Well, that's kind of fun for maybe five minutes. But when you're watching someone do that for, say, 20 minutes or 25 minutes, it's too much. It's it's too much. It's sort of lost its magic and it's fun. And it's um, I don't know. It, it, it I just got lost. I lost I lost interest in it after about five minutes with each of these impersonators. And I don't really know what I would do to change their show. I saw a show similar to this. In Daytona Beach, it was maybe 20 years ago, there was a show called Legends. And when you went, you saw Elvis Presley and Cher, all these different celebrities. But they would only sing like one or two songs and then the next one would come out. And you'd have, I don't know, there was like John Lennon would come out, uh, different singers, impersonators, of course, not the real, the real performers. And they would sing one or two songs and then it would switch. But to take like a 90 minute show and split it up three ways. And honestly, the Sammy Davis Jr. guy was not good. And the Frank Sinatra guy was uh, OK, but not great. And I would almost have rather that they just did. We're going to do a tribute to the music of the Rat Pack and not tried to be those people um, because the Dean Martin guy was great. 
But again, the impersonation gets old after about five or six minutes. It just does. He held the audience better than the other two. But man, oh man, when especially if you're somebody that has seen those guys perform, I've never I never saw them in person, the Rat Pack, but I've seen so much video footage. It's just hard to accept somebody else trying to be them. And maybe that's just me. And I'm too harsh of a critic. Uh, it was fun, though. It was fun because I was with my sister and it was something fun to do for my birthday. But I would not recommend the show. Um, I'm just not. It just didn't do it for me. Uh, again, it was five minutes of each of them was fun. But then after that, it just sort of lost my interest. So that's my review of the Rat Pack reunion. I don't even know who these guys were, if this is touring nationally or just local what it was, um, I don't know. But uh, the Dean Martin guy was good. But the other two, eh, not so much. Okay, what is going on with cryptocurrency? Let's get into that. Then we'll talk about Ukraine. So I don't usually get too worried when Bitcoin goes down in value because I've been through this. You know, I've been in Bitcoin since it was like, you know, I don't know, it was like $20 or $12, I forget, way back in the day. So I don't get too worried when it drops, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> I started getting worried the last three or four days because it kind of got crazy uh, how quickly it was dropping. But the good news is it's bounced back. So it was as low as 34,000. Now it's back up above 36,000. Ripple got below 60 cents. Yeah, Ripple XRP got below 60 cents, but now it's back up to over 62 cents. So I think the bottom is in for cryptocurrency. So for those of you that might have worried or, or maybe you're still worried, I think you can probably take a breather. Now, I think the bottom is in and I think we're going to see higher prices overnight and into the first couple of days of the week. OK, let me get a sip of my coffee and then let's talk about what's happening with Russia. Okay, this was the one thing about Trump's presidency that I never really understood. Uh, I mean, you can go all the way back to the, the Sting song, right? Uh, uh, I bet the Russians love their children, too. That was the lyric, right, from Sting. When we had the Cold War and, uh, you know, maybe we would be at nuclear war with Russia and what can we do to de-escalate? So then Trump comes into office and all of a sudden has we have good relations with Russia and they start accusing Trump of all these fake conspiracies, which we all know are now fake conspiracies, that somehow uh, Trump was a traitor, was, you know, that Russia influenced the election to cause Trump to win. And Trump's companies were being supported through loans from Russian, uh, the Russian government and Russian backed organizations, all these fake conspiracies. Well, the one thing we do know that was true is that Trump uh, did have uh, respect for Putin and Putin for Trump. And there was sort of a mutual admiration there and they got along well and we had good relations with Russia, but that was really, that was bad for the, the, the liberals hated that. I'm not sure why, because they're all about peace, right? The liberals hated that we had this period of peace and good relations with Russia and the media went along with that. Of course, the media being liberals as well. Well, here we go. Uh, one year into the Biden presidency, and this is scary stuff. So Ukraine, which used to be part of the Soviet Union and split off and is its own free country, but it borders Russia. 
So what we have happening now is Russia has 100,000 troops on the border with Ukraine. And the United States now is clearing its embassy in Kiev, Ukraine. We're bringing home all of our people or most of our people from the embassy. And the word is that Russia is going to invade Ukraine. And Russia will be installing its own leader of Ukraine. Now, what's happening, which is scary, which is sort of the backstory you're not hearing about, is this just came over the wires before we went live, that Biden is considering deploying tens of thousands of U.S. troops to NATO member countries that border Ukraine. So I don't I'm not saying something terrible is going to happen like a war between you at the U.S. and Russia. But this is the kind of thing that happens before there's a war between the U.S. and Russia. You have something like this. And certainly what Russia is doing is wrong. And Ukraine, uh, their their free uh, their their freedom, their democracy should be respected. Uh, but it's not. And we didn't have this problem with Trump in office. And I believe it's Biden's weakness that is being projected around the world uh, we can't even really manage our own affairs here. Just when you look at the price of food, the price of gas, people are upset. There was a poll out uh, yesterday that I posted on my Facebook page. Six in 10 say they would not back Biden uh, in, in in a reelection. So that includes, you know, six out of 10. That includes a lot of Democrats that are really done with Biden as well. He's a very weak president. And so this is what happens when you have a weak leader. It emboldens your enemies around the world. And so we've got this situation. It looks like maybe within hours or days, at least, that Russia will be invading Ukraine. It doesn't look like the Ukrainians are going to put up much of a fight. It's just going to be Russians walk in and take over. And then the question is, what happens next? We also know that the... Uh, Ireland has been notified. That's right. Ireland has been notified by Russia that in the coming weeks that uh, Russia will be doing bombing exercises with live fire and live bombs off of the coast of Ireland in the coming weeks. So Russia is flexing its muscle. China is flexing its military muscle. And this is happening because we have a weak president. It it just is. Uh, you can just look at it and say, well, it's a coincidence. No, it's it's the one year anniversary of Biden. And people, you know, sat back and wanted to see what Biden was made of. And now we know uh, it's this is bad news. And what you have is a weak president like Biden. And this is what you have with a liberal president. You have someone that is weak, who projects weakness and then miscalculate. So he projects all this weakness and now is going to overreact. And he's starting to send troops to uh, to the region. And and who knows what can happen? It could be literally an accident that happens that sparks a war. And uh, who knows where it goes? I just finished a college course on U.S. national security. And there's a concept in U.S. national security. Really, it's it's a worldwide concept called the nuclear taboo. And the idea is that once 
somebody in the modern age uses a nuclear weapon, it then puts nuclear weapons on the table for use. So sort of right now, there's this unwritten agreement that if we had a conflict with a nuclear power like Russia, that we would keep it conventional, that we wouldn't go nuclear. But I'm not so sure. Uh, there are these smaller uh, nuclear weapons that can be used uh, in more strategic ways. And once something like that happens, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know that the U.S. could go to war with Russia, even if it was regional, without it getting into, you know, something more substantial. I'm just not sure that you could stop it from escalating. Uh, so one of the ideas was to sort of fight a proxy war and to arm the Ukrainians. But the truth is the Ukrainians are not really strong enough to take on the Russians, even if we arm them. So I think it'll just be a cakewalk for Russia to walk over the border with 100,000 troops and just occupy, put their own strong man in power. And, and there you go. Uh, but again, the one year anniversary of Biden, and that's what we're looking at. Okay, so I put an article up getting a tremendous amount of downloads about mystery shopping. Over the years, probably one of the top things that people ask about is mystery shopping. Okay, if you don't know what this is, you've been living under a rock, but basically the idea is simple. A company, a business will pay you to go in and pose as a regular customer and then give them feedback after you make that visit as to how things went. And this could be everything from a restaurant to a retail store to even an apartment complex looking for feedback to see if their sales reps are following, you know, the system that they have in place. Are they getting your information? Are they asking you certain questions? Are they doing certain things that they've been trained to do? Well, I did a big article on this and I listed, I think it's the top seven or eight top companies to go with if you want to become a mystery shopper. And I want to give you a couple of examples from my article of, of opportunities out there. So one of them is the national uh, eyeglasses chain Four Eyes, F-O-R, Eyes, okay, not F-O-U-R, Four Eyes, <laughs> F-O-R, Eyes. And you can go there as a mystery shopper. Uh, you've got to sign up first and all. You know, it's all in the article. And they will give you up to an $800 reimbursement on whatever you purchase there, plus give you 25 bucks. So if you need a new pair of glasses or even want to get one of those really expensive uh, pairs of sunglasses you can or contact lenses, you can go there and uh, collect up to $800 as a reimbursement plus $25 as a mystery shopper at Four Eyes. Uh, another one is a, a big national gourmet pizza chain. Uh, and I'm not going to mention their name, but you can go there and they'll reimburse you for up to $50 of your dinner, plus give you five bucks on top of that. So mystery shoppers, it's, you know, it's, it's odd because when I post the article, I get a lot of strange feedback sometimes. So one of the things a couple of people said, well, you can't do this as a full-time job. Never said it was, <laughs> you can't do it as a full-time job. That's true. But people do make good side money. I consider it a decent side gig and you get a lot of free stuff, a lot of free food, things like free eyeglasses. That's all cool, right? 
And it's something you can do just kind of here and there. You don't have to look at it as a full-time job. A lady that I know, uh, she homeschools her two sons. She's been doing this for years. And she told me they get a lot of their lunches. They go out to lunch for free as mystery shoppers and get a lot of things for free, you know, doing mystery shopping. So it's not necessarily just about making a lot of money, but it's also about uh, the opportunity to get free stuff, including free food, which who doesn't want free food, right? Um, okay. My sister is going to take me on, on another little excursion. We're going to go out this week. I think we're doing it this week. She's going to take me to experience two things. One is an Amazon pallet store in Orlando. And this sounds really cool to me. So we have talked about pallets, buying pallets, which is a really cool business opportunity. This is where Amazon, when they get returns, they will put all those returns together in a big bundle on, on a pallet. And you can then purchase a whole pallet. And these are all returns and kind of the fun of it is you just never know what you're going to get. And they will give you like a rough description of what's in a pallet. And then you would uh, bid on it. Uh, there's different sites. I've got an article uh, at my blog. And by the way, my blog is searchable. So you can go to blog.christianmoney.com, blog.christianmoney.com. And then you could search, just type in pallet. And you'll find the big article on this. I think it's a couple of years ago that I did this article. But they might say, for example, that this pallet has 15 laptop computers. And then they'll start the bidding. And you bid. And when you win, you can either have that pallet shipped to you and you pay for that shipping. Or you can go pick it up. If you live near an Amazon warehouse, you can pick that you want to bid only on items at the Amazon warehouse that's near you. However, a new twist on this is these uh, are these pallet stores. And my sister said how this works is that this store buys the pallets. They take all the stuff off the pallet and then they put it in the store and it all starts on Sunday every week. So on Sunday, everything in the store is $6 each. Whatever doesn't get sold is now available on Monday for $5 each. And then on Tuesday for $4 each goes all the way down to where it's a buck. And then it starts again on the following Sunday. Really cool idea. I want to go do this. Um, not that I need, <laughs> I don't need anything else. My house is so full of stuff. I don't need anything else. But I want to go see it and maybe I'll buy some stuff just to donate or something. But uh, it sounds like a fun idea, right, to go in. And my sister, my sister and I were talking about this, like, is it would it be more fun to go on Sunday when it's all the stuff is there and it's six bucks? Or is it more exciting to go on the, the last day, Saturday, when everything's a dollar, but there's not much left? I don't know. Maybe both. Uh, so the other thing she's going to take me to do, I call it dumpster diving, but that's not really what it is. It, it sounds like we're going to jump into garbage cans. We're not going to do that. So there's this thing they're doing now at Goodwill where what they're doing is now, I don't know for sure if this is all the unsold stuff, because I'm being told that it's not just the unsold stuff. But what happens is you go to one of these 
Goodwill locations that makes available these giant bins and not every Goodwill location does this, just certain ones. So there's one in Orlando. So I can make a trip to Orlando. I could do this Amazon pallet deal with my sister. Then we could go to a, the Goodwill store there that does this. And what happens is every so many minutes, they push these big bins out onto the floor, uh, onto the retail floor. And then you reach people wear special gloves They'll wear an apron so they can use the apron like as a because you're not allowed to bring bags, but they can take like a big sheet, wrap it around their waist and use that to uh, throw items in to try to, you know, build up their items. But the idea is these bins, when they come out, you're getting to grab stuff at I don't even know how they price it, but it's super, super cheap. So. All these bins come out and then everybody digs through the bins to try to find stuff. And one example is my 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 um, my niece's husband. He found a pair of, I guess, Jordan uh, tennis shoes, uh, gym uh, basketball shoes, Michael Jordan basketball shoes that were worth 400 bucks. And he got them for like two dollars doing this whole bin deal at Goodwill. So I'm going to do some video. I'm going to do a video of what that Goodwill bin deal is all about. And if you're someone that does that, like where you dive into these bins, you don't literally dive in, but you're like reaching in, digging around for the stuff. Um, if you've done that, send me an email. I just I might include you in my article. I might want to talk to you. Uh, and also, um, you know, if you're somebody who uh, has any experience with these pallets, I'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, OK, we'll close it out with this. Uh, before we get to our guests, uh, <laughs> I don't even know, you know, you think to yourself, can you enjoy anything anymore? M&M's has announced that they're going to, they've made a commitment, get this, to being more inclusive with the M&M characters. Now they haven't come out and told us yet what exactly that means, but you can imagine, right? That it's not just good enough that you have like these Eminem characters that have like, you know, fun hats on and they've got tennis shoes on and that sort of thing. That's not good enough. Now, we've got to be more inclusive and you know exactly what that means, where this is going. Uh, so I don't want to get our video banned from YouTube or uh, any of the <laughs> mainstream channels. So I'm not even going to talk about where this is going, but you know where this is going. Uh, when they talk about making the characters more inclusive. So you can't even have M&Ms anymore without, you know, getting brainwashed and bringing all this other nonsense into it, all these strange things that are happening in our culture. But uh, that's the latest. So uh, you might have to stop your kids from eating M&Ms, I guess, if you don't want them to uh, uh, to be exposed to all this oddity. But uh, this is what the new... The new trend is everybody who has a character is either getting rid of the character because the character's politically incorrect or they're reimagining the character uh, to be something that, uh, you know, I mean, uh, they did this with the characters on Sesame Street. I guess some of the characters on the Se Sesame Street now have different uh, genders and and sexual uh, orientations, all this sort of thing. So just when you thought you could just enjoy all the different colors of the M&Ms, you know, if it's just not enough, it's got, they've got to go further with it. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in one minute with our special guests, 
Joe and Cindy Farini, as we talk about marriage and what in the world is happening in the Christian community, why is the divorce rate just as high as it is among non-Christians? And why are so many long-term marriages ending in divorce? We'll have that and also a bunch of your questions, which you've already submitted. All of that after this one-minute break. Stand by. We'll be